Welcome to the Gear Slum, your one-stop shop for all things guitar culture nonsense. I'm Aaron. I am Phil. And I'm Cole. Guys, this is our year-end episode. This is our last episode of the year for 2017. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You can't say Merry Christmas on this podcast. Oh, sorry. We are in the war on Christmas. Happy holidays. We're fighting a war against Christmas. I guess technically we're in the midst of Kwanzaa, I believe. So, I don't, I don't want to like... I hesitate to even bring this up. I thought it was cool. We went, uh, I work like right uh, at Temple Square in Salt Lake City. So it's kind of right where, like at the center of the church, the LDS church, you know. Um, and for Christmas, they, they made these vending machines uh, where you could go and basically donate like a, a goat or some other, you know, piece of livestock to some, to, people in third world countries. So we went there last night to look at the lights and everything. And the line was like freaking enormous for these vending machines. And I thought that was cool. That made Wait, me, uh, it's just, I mean, you just get like a little card probably, I think, oh, but like okay. you're, you're putting in the money to you yeah, know, yeah. go towards it or whatever. That's really cool. But I was surprised that they've been as, as popular as they have been. And it's one of those things that, that like my wife was saying like, Oh man, the guy who had this idea must be so happy because it's such a great idea. Cause you get like yeah. the, you get like the, the self, you know, self satisfaction of like, Oh, I helped these people that I never have to go meet or whatever. But also like it genuinely does help people, you know, is that, is that like a, is that Heifer international or do they have their own, do you guys have their own thing <laughs> for, for Mormon animals? Is there a Mormon yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to, I wish I had thought of like a good pun with goat or something, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's mostly goats because I mean cows aren't even I don't know are cows are more of an American thing I think aren't they more so than like there aren't a lot of poor farmers in um there's cows in like, Indonesia that have cows not in well I don't know there are I mean cows are like a big thing in India right oh yeah that's true <laughs> but they don't. I guess they don't we, eat we, we, guys. We're we're getting Well they don't eat them, but like I was listening yes, to yeah, like, but they're like anthropology a, something they were talking about how like you get more out of the cow. But if cows basically if a if a cow is a god to your culture yeah. and then yeah. a Western well, the cows are not, person I don't think a cow donates a cow to that culture. Uh-huh. I don't think the cows are gods. I think they're just seen as being You're, sacred in some way you're you're giving you're giving other cultures gods to worship this is going to sound really ignorant but i think that's very progressive i think they're viewed as like um uh what's that word reincarnated ancestors or something yes (laughs) but like if you think about it logically even which i know people whatever you open yourself up for all kinds of things but 
we're gonna you get more out of a cow if you if you don't eat it than if you do eat it because you get milk and you can use it for working and for warmth and stuff. Well, and why? Whereas if you eat it, it's pretty much a one shot. Why yeah. buy the cow if you get the milk for free? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't get the milk for free. That's no, I've always some, said that. If and also, from, if there's if someone grass, from America gives you a cow, the then you're getting the milk for free. I don't think I've ever gotten milk for free. I mean, like a continental breakfast or something. It's, it's you paid for it. I guess you paid for it in the cost of the room. There's Starbucks. no such thing as a free milk. <laughs> <laughs> At Starbucks, you can get free. The, the milk is free. <laughs> it's not, though, because you paid $20 for a freaking coffee. Oh, okay. Well, isn't that right. what they teach you in Sunday school? Like that the, the milk might seem free, but it really costs you quite a bit in the long run. I'm not sure what, where you're going with that one. Well, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. But there's long-term think, costs. I think there's no consequences to the milk that you're getting away with it free. But There's, really eternal, is, there's eternal consequences to the free milk. The milk so, might taste good. So when they say, why buy the cow when first you get the milk for free, that's really kind of disingenuous because they don't believe in free milk. Oh, I see. Somebody has to coffee. pay for the milk, and it's, you know, it's the tax. It might be your sin. It's the person who's going to own the cow in the future. <laughs> Ooh. Wait. Guys. So is everybody a cow? So we're just a bunch of cows drinking, drinking each other's milk? <laughs> <laughs> or does, does, it, does the idiom only apply to, to women, which is just really sad? I'm sure it does because a lot of those do, and you know it's always very one-sided like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'm typing yeah, things into our Google Doc. That's not what I'm doing. Obviously, there aren't any things that I want to remember from this conversation. <laughs> well, this year's episode is brought to you as always by Sinusoid for sponsoring us. They recently got in their slivers back in stock. So if you want some slivers, now would be the time to do it. Hopefully they'll not run out this time. But One thing I love about slivers and they keep getting older and I stay the same age. <laughs> Man. Next Phil's going to say if there's grass on the field, play ball or something like that. <laughs> no. That's... Um, no. And I know that most... like. This isn't like a normal concern, but the little the little sinusoid logo on the shrink wrap, you can, well, and the the connector itself, you can turn it around independent of the cable, which on a yeah. short patch cable is is a huge deal. How how do they do that? I don't know. We should we should invite somebody. It has on the to show do. One of these it has to do with the him. way the way they're put together. So. You're really, you're really not moving it independently. You're actually twisting the cable when you do that. But, um, but it's not grabbing the the sleeve. It's only turning the interior cable. That's so much better than bird sounds. I have to say. <laughs> Wait, you can hear that? Of course we can. <laughs> Crap. No, it's good. It's uh, funny. So, no, it's probably not going to be on the recording. No, it's. You don't need to worry about it. It's funny, Phil. Um, so it's hilarious. Do you guys have slivers? 
on your boards? Yeah. Yes. That's you all. Well, all? Or are Phil, you just using the solderless ones? Um, I, I am going to redo my board this break probably with the, the new solder, solderless I got. Um, and the, I, I use a sliver in the um, in the live stream I did um, with the uh, Morbius, Mobius, <laughs> and the Cowgina. That was the connector. Why would I you use buy a sliver. Cowgina, when you get the milk for free. <laughs> I want to get Michael Newman's uh, feedback on that because he, I think he would agree that the milk nor the cowgina is ever free. There's always um, costs associated with it. Yeah, this is- actually, no. Th- no, that's a really okay. He's no. a farmer. Yes. Which which uh-huh. uh, which jack on the pedal did you have the sliver plugged into? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, tell that story on the air. So, so okay, Phil, so Fine. Phil sends. I was on a date with my wife. Aaron was doing my something, wife. probably. I was sick dying. Aaron was sick, and Phil gets you know this free pedal in the mail for his board of education, and he sends us a message. I don't think it's working. Something's wrong with the Calgina. So Canalia. With the yeah, at some point we should say the actual name I guess, uh, and he sends us this video, and I realized fairly quickly. So he sent us this video. It's not working, and is like concerned about it, and I realized pretty quickly that he had the input and output backwards, uh, which you know it's an honest mistake. We've all we've all that. done it. We've, We've all, all done, done, it. done it. Totally. Don't... Because the input, like, the only, re- like, inputs and outputs on pedals are kind of logically backwards. The only reason they go right to left is because that's where your guitar cable comes out, probably. Like, because your guitar cable is on the right side of your body. I don't know. But at any rate, I figured that out pretty quickly. He was like really worried about it, sending us multiple messages, sends us this video. No, 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 not multiple messages. Do I need to go back, Phil? Do you want me to go back through the annals? Sure. You want me to dig deep into the annals, Phil? Because I will. And we'll pull out the OG annals. <laughs> so then, then Phil just goes dark for like an hour. And me and Aaron are both like, Phil, <laughs> Phil, what? What cable is plugged into what? Because you can kind of tell from the angle of the video, you can tell which cable is like coming back towards him. Um, and just from the way that it was functioning, it was pretty obvious that like when it wasn't engaged, it was passing signal. And then when you engaged it, it wasn't, you know. And finally he comes back. Oh, yeah, I guess I had it plugged in backwards. Like an hour later. <laughs> so he's all concerned about this free pedal that he got is broken. And we fix his problem for him, and he just can't even be bothered to respond in Messenger. So did you? Wait a minute. First of all, you can see when I look at it or not. In Messenger, you can see. Did the person see this? 
I know. And I hadn't looked. It wasn't like I looked and just didn't respond. Phil, that's not the issue. The issue is that you didn't look. That you asked for help and then just left for an hour. So? <laughs> we were just talking before this episode started about how Phil... <laughs> Phil's, older, Phil's older than us, but he acts like the younger brother who just gets to act like a jerk. But because because then he acts like, well, I didn't... Well, I don't know what I was doing. I didn't do anything wrong. And me and Aaron are the bad guys. But Phil is the bad guy. I want everyone at home to understand this. No, Phil is the I, do not, I do not agree with this narrative. I know you don't agree Nicole with that. Because creating. Worst guy. Worst guy. Yes. The worst. Phil worst guy. Not a great guy. He's, he's not a great guy. He's not super chill. He's super... First person in the gear industry to ever to not... <laughs> <laughs> the first person ever discussed on a podcast who is not a great guy. <laughs> so I want all you people at home no. to think about that. The next time you try to come in and defend Phil, we're not the bad guys here. Now we kind of sound like we're the bad guys. Like, yeah, you do. A little, bit, a little bit. I came on too strong. But Aaron, cut that part out. We'll re I'll re-record it and send it to you later. <laughs> Right, right after I record all these pedal videos I promised to make. <coughs> hmm. So speaking talk, of which, guys. do you guys, what do you, what kind of Velcro do you use on your pedals or what do you do for, to like affix your pedals to your boards? I just buy Velcro. Just like the, the normal, just, just like big normal, old. You prefer the white Velcro. Big old strips oh, of Velcro. White. White Velcro, yeah. really? Yeah. Because white is better? Interesting. Just in general? Because it, look, it looks more natural. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the way God intended it. <laughs> it just, I just like it. I think it looks less, it looks nicer. So it's like kind of fancy. It does. I'll, I agree with that. It does <laughs> kind of, it looks kind of cool. Although, so does it get dirtier over time? I was going to say white Velcro looks well, I like I only it. use the, the hooks, not the hook. Yeah, the hook side of the white. So I have all this like white loop in my drawer. Okay. That's weird. It always comes together. You can't just buy it. You should sell it to someone. The hook only. You should sell all yeah, the loop stuff. Stores. So. I don't think anyone wants it. So what do you somebody, do, it, Somebody is pro somebody is redoing their board, but I I or, or there's like, like some other two there's small strips, and put like one strip at the top of the pedal, one at the bottom. I don't line the whole pedal. I I understand, but the but the fact that you have a bunch of loop Velcro, somebody no, that was not. I was a separate statement. I was. That's because of the color different. difference. Do you or do you not have a bunch of loop Velcro? Well, what did I White say? Loop. Did I say that I do or that I don't? You, you said, said that you do. So I do. Okay. So moving on from that point, someone out there needs has a, has a bunch of pedals, and they have a board, and they're doing a new board. Uh huh. And so they need a bunch of loop Velcro. So I'm saying Maybe. you could sell your loop Velcro. Here's the thing, like, why would you buy that? Because, I mean, I guess if you already have the hook on your pedals. Yes, that's what well, I'm saying. I think, though, in general, 
I like you usually end up with more loop than hook. Is that true for you guys? Maybe it depends on if you change your board more often than your pedals. I don't know. I, like I think it's I end up pretty much. You only really need the the loop side once. Yeah, right. exactly. Unless you unless you get a new board. Yeah, and then you need a so, whole bunch of the loop. Right. At once. Yeah. First and of all, no can we talk hook. about how can we talk about how some people put the loop side on the pedal and how ridiculous that is? Th those people are monsters. Abominations. Right? Yeah. They sh lets. they should be there should be a special island that we put those people on, like <laughs> people used to do with, uh, what was it? Lepers. Uh, lepers, yes. Catalina Island. <laughs> did, did Catalina Island used Would to be a leper colony? I think so. Holy crap. Now it's like this um, weird no, tourist deck. Was, was Al wasn't Alcatraz a leper colony at some point? A leopard colony? Yeah, they had leopards. <laughs> it's like some some rich guy who would go out there and hunt a big game or something. Roaming wild. Yeah. There are wild buffalo on Catalina Island, though. And uh, there's also javelina. Is javelina is plural? Wait, what is javelina? Hav oh, Aaron. Javelina. It's like a wild oh, boar. Like... Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I got a batch. I like, I like to use dual lock on my pedals or I used mm -hmm. to. And I, and I was like, do you just use normal Velcro fill? Yeah. Poor man's I, Velcro. Yes. Just the, so I, the, I used Velcro to be like poor. this. I used to be <laughs> for poor people. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be like this evangelist for dual lock. Uh, and one reason I liked it, and and you use the just the same on both sides, and then it locks mm -hmm. to itself, you know. And I liked it because when you pulled it off, it kind of has like a foam layer underneath the adhesive. It's really thick, isn't it? It's pretty thick, yeah. But when you'd pull it off, it would pull off really clean. It would never leave any kind of residue or anything. Mm. But I must have got I got a different batch of dual lock, and it must be a different like the. The stuff I used to get was white underneath, and this is gray, and it would basically just rip. So you picture there's like the hard plastic of the Velcro, and then the adhesive part, and then there's foam in between. It would basically just rip at that foam layer, and so all this like foam is still just stuck to the pedal. <clears throat> and I've been I've been trying as I'm as I'm trying out new pedals. Um, I'm moving them around a lot, and so on my board now, I had, I bought it, and it already had the loop side on the board, so I was just using dual lock on the pedals, but it holds like uh -huh. super tight, um, to where it's annoying to get the pedals off. Uh, -huh. uh so I, and then I remembered Ryan Burke, sixty cycle hum fame, enemy of the show, um, a while back. I can't remember when he sent it to me, but he sent me like this huge roll of red. Velcro, just the hook side. Hmm. Um, Whoa, red? Like yeah, cool. like it's gear slum red. So he was like, maybe you have a use for this because I think he had used all the loop side and didn't really need the red, the hook side or something. So I was going through this morning and like using this solvent that I have to get off all the old dual lock goop 
and clean off the petals so I can go through and put normal Velcro on them. So I'm back to, I'm back to just using poor man's Velcro now and it feels good. You know, I feel like I'm a man of the people now. Yeah. Salt and, of the earth. <laughs> it's blue collar, blue collar, <laughs> blue collar board. Velcro. <laughs> exactly. Blue, blue collar pedal board is great. It's <laughs> a good channel. I'm, I'm not going to say what that phrase should be used for but it should be used for something. Yeah. Viewers, write in. Tell us what it should be used for. <laughs> okay. So, Aaron. Aaron? we got a whole uh, list of crappers to talk about. <laughs> I think... Did his mic stop working 10 minutes ago? No, I'm here. Okay. How's I it going, I have a question Aaron? before we get into that. Okay. Um, so, I have this T1M punch drive listed on Reverb. Yeah. And it's 125 new, listed at 75. I got an offer this morning for 50. No. How much do you think I can get out of it? Because it's not like a super well, popular used pedal. I know, but that's that's too low. No, but what I'm saying right? is, how much? You should be able to get 60. I bet if you counter 70. He'll offer sixty, and I kind of just want to get rid of it. How did you get that one? Um, I got it in the wheel of pedals. Oh yeah. Sometimes when you get an offer, it's best to just accept it right away. That's what I'm thinking too. Because even if you wait a while, maybe I you'll accept like it. And person, high, and then it will scare them off. The person will have had a change of heart, and then they just won't pay. I don't know. Sixty-five. Has that ever happened to you, Phil? That has happened to me, and I don't think that that's how, <laughs> I don't either. Brain, how brains work. I think it is how brains work, but I don't think that's what happened in that specific situation. I don't think anybody... <laughs> I don't think if you hit... <laughs> if you're quicker to hit accept, that doesn't... They still have to go... Speaking they of still someone, have to pay... Speaking as somebody who has bought multiple things on Reverb at like one in the morning and then regretted it immediately upon waking up, if if I had submitted the offer and they waited till the next morning to accept it, then I would weasel my way out of it. So you're saying that when potentially that you would have paid at one a.m. Of course, I you pay as soon as the offer gets accepted. That's the whole point. Yeah, but. What, they shouldn't even. You shouldn't even have that option. You should. They should make you have like your payment set up when yeah, you make the offer. I know. And as soon as it's accepted, your payment goes through. Yeah, totally. Right. I agree. So, but Phil, remind me, sellers. You, you had that thing a while back where somebody did that same thing, and Reaver basically came back to you and was like, "Well, it's just like if they." if they were in a store and they took something off the shelf and were walking around with it and then decided not to buy it and put it back on the shelf. Yes. Did, that's that what, somebody from reverb who said that to you. Yes. It was, it was the, the Tysco that I had that was, um, so lame. uh, that I had, <laughs> I had posted for $1,200. <laughs> I think you mean T Tiesco. Oh, is that what I mean? No. Um, I had, I had posted it. I found one, uh, I, I found like, I found one that had sold for 14, that was the same model. 
and there wasn't any of the white. There were a bunch of the sunbursts, and the white was the one that sold for fourteen hundred. And I was like, oh, maybe I could sell this for a thousand bucks. So I posted it for twelve and let it sit there for a while. And then um, every couple weeks, I was lowering it like you know by like ten percent or something. And then because I basically paid a hundred bucks for it. Um, then somebody offers me um, 800 bucks. And I was like, Oh, and I hit like, I hit accept immediately. And then yeah. nothing. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, I'm just like, so stoked. What like, happened? Oh my gosh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make 700 bucks on this thing. This is oh, this is the best thing ever. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then, so two days late, go, go by and I'm like, okay. And I wrote the guy, he doesn't say anything. Um, so then I, um, you know, and I was like, I was like, Hey, totally ready to ship this off to you. Just waiting for the payment, something like that, you know, nothing. So then, um, so I contact reverb and the guy goes, well, did you ship it yet? And I go, no, I, no, I'm telling you, go tell that guy to give me my money. <laughs> yeah, I want my money. So I can ship it. And he goes, no, that's not how it works. And I'm like, what do you mean? He, he made an offer. <clears throat> I accepted. Now I want my money. And he goes, well, it, let's just say you had a store. And some guy walks in. This is the reverb, you know, help desk person. Some guy walks into your store, picks up something, and holds it up to you and says, I want to purchase this thing. And you say, I, I will allow you to purchase that thing. And they go, okay, I will. And then they wander around the store and they go, it. I changed my mind. And they put it down. And they walk out of the store. <laughs> the person has not taken from you. They've not stolen from you. The only thing that they did is that they said they were going to do something that they didn't do. Yeah. That's the only thing. They didn't take it from you. And I was like, which from a legal, like from a legal standpoint, that makes sense, you know? And he kept, he kept saying, we deal with this all the time where people mail it. And then the, the buyer says, I changed my mind. Yeah. And he said, that's a different story. You haven't mailed it. Well, then what, what they do? You should have asked them, what would you do if I had mailed it? <laughs> it would... Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I, I did mail it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you call back oh, two, I... two seconds later. Yes, this is uh, Bill Freisenhower. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I actually did mail it. Oh, did you ask if I had mailed it? So now what are you going to do for me? <laughs> yeah. I thought you said I, would, I have not nailed it. I have mailed it. I did ship it, though. <laughs> like, why would I nail something on it? I nailed it. Sense. I nailed that sale. That sale is <laughs> nailed. Next sale. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> I don't consider did you, it. But did you nail it? So stuck the landing. <laughs> I stuck the landing on that sale, man. <laughs> he offered eight hundred. <laughs> I accepted. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that happened, and I think 
I, I'm reverb. I'm sure that their customer service, they have to deal with like, you know, all kinds of terrible people. Bozos. Yeah. All kinds of weirdos. And so when, when one guy says, Hey, why won't this guy give me money for the thing that I haven't mailed yet? They're like, dude, leave us alone. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but $800 is so much money. Please. Can I have it please? And they're like, what did you end up selling it for? Uh, six fifty. Like okay, which is still super so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even remember you got yeah, that much for a flip it. Too. It's a flip of all flips. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So this episode is also brought to you by the Gavin Serrano String Company. Great bridge to nut ropes. Accurate. By the way, shout out to Gabrielle. There was this insanely long thread in the group. Uh, with many, many repeated posts, but we won't get many sides. Of it. There were many sides to this thread about asking for band names that were like lesser than the actual band. Mm-hmm. I just got to say really quick that most of you people out there have failed miserably. We're bad account. at that. Most of you are bad at it. That's okay. <laughs> you are not good at it. There's a few of us, myself included, who are really good at it. <laughs> Aaron wants you to know that he's better than you. One of my favorites of mine was maybe. Uh, for what was that for? Yes. Oh, the, yes. Okay. Yes. I like that uh, one. It's, one. It's, the best uh, people screwed this one up first. That's not. But one of the best was Ezra. Just Ezra instead of better than Ezra. Better than Ezra. Mm. Um. But the best, my favorite by far, uh, my favorite of my own, if that's what we're doing, Aaron, uh, was U1. Just because it's so short and concise and two letters, letter and a number. But the best one by far was Gabriel, and he said Chubby Chess. <laughs> uh, I'm still laughing about that one now. Chubby Chess. What, who, who started that thread? Was it Spencer or Nathaniel? It was Spencer, Spencer. I think. Which okay. <laughs> which youth in our group started that? I know that's, and I'm I'm sorry that I that's how I I, I get confused when, but you that's what I do. Jewish, All teenagers look the same to Phil because he's racist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ageist. All right, so this is our last episode of the year. So what we thought we would do is talk about some of our favorite things in the gear world from this year. Um, not exactly an original idea. So I would expect to see Six Cycle Helm do something similar in probably three to four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and as a part of this, I, I should, I mean, I guess we don't necessarily have to mention this, but when we, <clears throat> when we started the street crew way back when, I sort of wanted to make a Facebook group for it, but we were kind of morally opposed to the idea of making another Facebook group, especially because at the time there was like a new group every day that we were all getting added to and they were all awful. Um, but as a part of, as a part of this, we wanted some user, uh, some viewer input. So um, that was sort of the catalyst we needed to start a Facebook group so that we could ask everyone what their favorite things of the year were. Yes. Yeah, so we asked all of our patrons from Patreon to submit some of their answers too. So we'll look at some of those that we particularly liked. Um, if you want to get in on th- things like that in the future, go to patreon.com slash the gear slum money. 
and you can be a part of it while the action that skrilla so we have this year in list and we're going to go through it and see what people think again people in the patreon did i already say that they talked about it too so um we'll just kind of go through one item at a time and see what everyone thinks i guess and then if we have anything from the facebook group that looks interesting we can talk about that too totally um so we didn't put this out to the main Facebook group because there's just so many people in there that it would have been overwhelming. And we, we have decided to but care we about our, our them core group less. Who pays us. Yeah. Well, we don't care about them any less than we already did. We just care about these other people more than we used to. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, we're not reducing our care for anybody. Yeah. Yes. Our care has grown for a small number of people. Who have decided to give us money yeah. every month. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Phil probably doesn't have any answers because he didn't do any prep, but that's no, okay. It, that is not why I don't was, have answers. Uh, it could be why. It's worse than that. <laughs> it's because he literally doesn't care about this podcast. No. So the first thing is um, well, your he favorite has a job pedal now, that you and he played. bought a house, so he doesn't have time to care about Let's the say podcast. the favorite nope. pedal that you played None this year. What's your favorite pedal played okay. this year? That you don't, that you never bought or never played, right? Just anything that you played, um, even if you don't own it. You can own it. You may own it, but you don't have to own it. Oh. So what's the favorite pedal that you played? Like it could be something that you sold or something that I'm you gonna say, or whatever. I'm going to say I, I interpreted this to mean like one that we had played but we didn't own. Um, That's fine. And I would say the brothers. Like, okay. I played that at Nam. Yeah. And it was very intriguing to me. And it's kind of just, I don't know, like I still have it in my reverb feed and I still might want to get one eventually, but I just have never pulled the trigger on it. Part of it's because mm-hmm. it's so freaking expensive, but um, part of it's Is because it it's a little bit intimidating. And I think it's three fifty because they usually show up in for three something. Yeah. Oh yeah, three forty nine. So that's a lot. I yeah, mean, I guess I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that it's not any more than like, like a, to be a fair. Jazz I have dual like overdrive. I have so many freaking pedals. Like I could easily sell two of those and buy it or something like that, but I just haven't done it. Yeah, that's true. And part of it's because it's like. I like the idea of being able to control it MIDI from the MS3 and stuff like that, but part of me is like hesitant to start down that road because then there's like no going back, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so that's mine. Brothers. Well, mine's the same one. Mine is also the brothers. <laughs> Whoa! Um, I also played it at Nam, and pretty much the same thing. I really want it, but it's just haven't sp- spent the time to like save for it or actually budget for it and flips and whatever but yep brothers phil i think he's busy uh taking care of some business uh he's mooted um do you have an answer for number one um your favorite pedal that you've played this year i'm gonna say it's the walrus um 509er what was that one that (laughs) the 385 yes is that no 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 no, because oh, I own five? that one and I like that one. I'm talking about the uh, oh. that weird delay. Oh, the ARP 87. That's there. It is that one. 
Okay. 509er. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some made-up numbers. What are the numbers for? Have you played it? Well, the numbers are real. Like, Are those real numbers? They're not fake numbers. Mm. Yeah, 8 and 7 and even 87 are all real numbers. Oh, that's good to know. They're not imaginary. Like, there's no I in there. Okay. Sounds good. Anyway, I'm going to say that one. Pedal I played. Where, did, have, you, where have you played where it? Where have I played it? I played mm-hmm. it in your company at the NAM. Did you play it? Yeah. I don't remember you playing it, but I believe you. <laughs> He's not on you're not on trial here, Phil. <laughs> All of a sudden I feel like I just I don't am. remember. I remember the, I remember <laughs> the I remember the guy at the Walrus booth like playing things for us on it, but I don't remember you playing it. Hmm. So I'm sorry. I missed that part. Well, okay. Um, if you don't we got some answers it, in the group. Let me just tell you this: I did play it, and I sounded freaking great. And you were like, <laughs> I "Whoa, you. Phil!" I didn't your know your memory. Your memory of Nam, certain parts of Nam, may be a little blurry. <laughs> to be That's fair. true. <laughs> so what's was in a wheelchair? Um, mine it would be the brothers. Also, I think. Um. Again, played it at Nam, liked it, enjoyed it, never owned it, but should. If you think about yeah, the, it. and I I know I'm being ridiculous here, but that's fine. The the, the brothers three fifty. That's on brand. Yeah, for you. Okay, right. Three fifty. <laughs> if if you if you look at it like it is two separate drives in one box. 350 isn't that outlandish. No, not at all. Right? And like I I I hesitate to say this. But uh, in my spreadsheet I keep track of like the equipment that I own and what I paid for it. Mhm. And I currently have over $3,000 worth of pedals. Mhm. That's what I paid for them. So the price, you know, again, I could sell some of those pedals that could ostensibly be replaced with the brothers um, right. and still come out ahead or whatever. Like, the price isn't the limiting factor, I guess. Although that's the first thing that comes to mind. I guess I just haven't, yeah, pulled the trigger I on. feel like I have a weird relationship with versatility. Like, yeah, I think versatility is good, but then I don't really want it. I'd rather have, like, three pedals that do individual things than one that does all three well, in part in of some cases, part of that for me is like I have the Boss MS3. Uh, shout out to Boss International conglomerate. <laughs> uh, I have a close personal relationship with them. Um, mm-hmm. There's so that has three effects loops on it, and I have it set up so that one of them is a fuzz, one's a distortion, and one is kind of a lighter drive. And so I can kind of change those out and like, oh well, I'll use this different fuzz, but then it'll still sound okay in my patches. But if I were to incorporate a Brothers in there, there's not like an easy way that I could, oh, this new thing came out and I want to try it out and put it in there. It, it doesn't like, it's, it's not like a one-for-one one swap, you know? So that's... You can't do MIDI out for the... Oh, totally, you can, but that's what I'm saying. So like, so I get the Brothers and I put it in one of the loops and I set it up for MIDI and it's all great. <clears throat> but then this other pedal that I want to use comes out and it's like, I've set up all these patches based on MIDI and everything and I there's not like... Mm-hmm an analog to that you know i can't then drop in yeah, the new pelotar and have it have my patches still make sense you know mm-hmm. so that's part of what scares yeah. me off of it 
Anyways. What about your favorite pedal that you've owned? Is it, would it be the MS3? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't put that. I was thinking the one that I put on my list is the 5050 and that one's been like Okay. I knew I liked the 250, but I've really liked that and it's been on my board since I got it. Um, but yeah, I mean if I'm being honest, probably the MS3 because it I was talking to somebody the other day and I think one of the reasons I like it so much is because I'm I'm not as like it makes gigging less stressful. Like I don't have as much to worry about because mm-hmm. I just have a patch for each song and I just go to that patch and then I can worry about singing and playing poorly, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So I it's think, a good tool. Yeah, totally. It's like very it, it's very high on the useful as like on the useful scale. Um, even if even if so maybe, maybe that would, would make more sense in number ten than in number two. Potentially, and we may get to I'm that. Sorry. We may. <laughs> so let's so fifty fifty then you would say. Yeah. I like that. Uh, mine is probably Pelican Noise Works. The... Oh, and speaking of which, shout out to Leon. I'm oh. I'm doing these pedal shootouts and he offered to send me the brothers temporarily, free of charge. What? Yeah. But I I should do a pedal shootout. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I That's cool. I I turned him down because I'm kind of just afraid to go down that road, but I still might take him up on it. Anyways. <laughs> So what's yours, Aaron? Um, my favorite pedal that I owned is probably this um, JHS Spring Tank Reverb. Nice. I just really like it. Like, it's subtle. It's subtle and it's simple enough that it's it's reverb, but it's not like those fancy reverbs that have like shimmer and modulation and stuff. Like, I'm just not really as much into that. I just want something that adds reverb, and that's it. Yeah. So it, this does it, and it gets pretty wet, which I like. So it's like it's just like having another spring in your amp, basically. It's like an amp style spring reverb. So that I can just layer. Um, so it's really cool. I love it. I'm very excited about it. That's way cool. And I'm actually I've sort of I've picked up a couple different amps recently, and I'm realizing one thing that I haven't been paying attention to is whether or not they have reverb in them. Oh yeah. So having like a simple just i want reverb right your ms3 has reverbs in it though oh totally yeah but it's but you know but i'll have to go set it up for it or whatever so the there is a certain appeal to just having a pedal that i can turn it on and i will have reverb you know yeah that's cool you should try it um it's not that expensive it's like 179 i know i I might which i guess is kind of expensive how about me um favorite pedal that i've played this year that i own no, yes, that you own. Or did own. You don't have to still own it. <coughs> I'm going to say 50-50 or uh, my still top of the heap for me is the uh, um, El Capistan. I love it so much. Okay. You've had that. How long have you had that? Like two or three years? Ooh, yeah, I guess. Wow. Is that the lo- the pedal that you've had the longest out of all your pedals? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man, I I don't own it. I haven't owned anything for more than a year. <laughs> <laughs> everything else, I think everything else I've moved like I've switched out around and Yeah. Well, that's not true. I've owned the the party animal for over a year, but I did clean slate and I sold everything but the party animal yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. 
That's the only thing I kept, and I'm glad I did because that's probably if I hadn't gotten the that new reverb, which I'm excited about, probably because it's new. That's been my my mainstay the last like year. Nice. Party animal, Killer Otter Electric, Matt Waltz. What up? I love that pedal. I tell everyone about it. I feel bad sometimes because whenever people like are talking about the the Pelotar and stuff and the Pelican Noiseworks stuff, I always suggest that one too. Um, and I don't I don't do it to take away from Leon because I I love Leon's pedals too. Like the Half Horse is one of my favorite Sorry. pedals as well. I love both of those companies, Matt Waltz, Killer Otter, and Leon Wright, Pelican Noiseworks. Great fuzzes. Um, but if anyone's looking for like a muff style fuzz, definitely check out the Party Animal. It's my favorite that I've ever played. Um, what about a pedal that you want but have not had a chance to play yet? Preferably one that like came out this year. Mine was easy. This was like one of the easiest ones for me, and that's the Pink Panther. Okay. Um, what about it is appealing to you? I don't know. Like kind of the same reason the Spring Tank is appealing to you that it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything fancy. Like, honestly, I've liked the delays on the MS3, so I don't uh, worry. Like, I'm not actively looking for a delay pedal, but if I was going to have one, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it's simple. It has tap tempo still, but it um, you can do a couple presets, I think, but it's nothing too fancy, and it's just an analog delay that sounds good. Um, it looks freaking mm. dope, too, which is yeah, it that does. factors like into it a little bit. Knobs. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Um, mine, I just realized that I, cause I had put in the brothers there, but I forgot that I played it. So I moved oh, yeah. it to number one. <laughs> um, mine was the loomer for a long time. Um, but now I've played the loomer. So I really like that. Um, but mine would probably have to be the timeline. I think, um, I've never played one. And I really want to, or maybe yeah. even like the L cap would be fun, but I think, I feel like the timeline would just be really fun to play with. Um, it's probably not something that I would want to own forever, but I, I would love to like spend a couple of months with it and just see everything that it can do. Um, yeah, totally. Because I feel like I would end up being one of those people like everyone else that has it. Like people have the timeline and they're like, I only use two settings or one setting. Yeah. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Because that's not the point of it. The point of it is that you can pretty much do you anything. You can do a million it. things with it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't understand. You could probably find a pedal that can approximate one sound from it if that's all you need. That's kind of what I try to do with the MS3. I try to come up with, like, like on the songs that I'll do with my band, like, oh, maybe I can use, like, some weird pitch shifter on this because I have it. I might as well, <laughs> you know, like, as long as yeah, it fits yeah. the song or whatever. Phil, how about you? I also I also want to try out like a an octave pedal. The the pitchfork sounds really cool to me. So yeah, the EHX pitchfork. Phil, you can answer now. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I haven't been paying an, very much attention to stuff. Okay, I, I guess I'll say the. Um, <laughs> What? We're attention to stuff. That's going to be okay. the box quote for our when we put out a physical copy of our podcast. <laughs> on the back, it'll say, "I haven't been paying that much attention to stuff 
Phil Eisenhower. <laughs> okay, I haven't been paying much attention to new pedals coming out. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to say, uh, and I we've already talked about this, but my urge to try the new warped vinyl. Mm. Like I feel like a total chump that I talk so much crap about uh, Chase Bliss, and then they come out with a new pedal, and I'm like, I I want to try it. <laughs> I mean, you didn't really talk crap about them, but yeah, I don't think you talk crap about them, but it's just that <clears throat> they're intimidating. I do talk crap about them because oh, I say okay. their pedals don't make sense to use. Oh. So that is me talking crap about them. Would you rather? Would... But you also like can't figure out which new neighbor pedal is which. No one can. Aaron. I can't. I can't either. No one can, Aaron. I can. It's very you easy. Cannot, it's very Aaron. simple. Remember, I f- I flipped on this one because they literally had, they've had two pedals that with jacks that say EXP and they do two completely different things. That's right. Okay, that is done. You're you are correct. But Aaron. that doesn't tell you. Thank you for getting which on board. Which pedal with us. they are? I'm not on board. But that is a ridiculous thing. I'm off board. Like once once they made that pedal, they had to decide, okay, this new controller we're coming out with, that's the one thing it can't be called is the EXP. And it's like, nah, we're just going to call it that. I don't care. Right. Screw everyone. <laughs> we're literally going to have the same pedal. Yeah, the same with, model. Like with the a same jack name. that With two separate jacks that are called the same thing. <laughs> do entirely different things <laughs> yeah it's not great it's not a great look okay no. let's move on okay fine we don't have all day so here, chase bliss people okay um next up is the guitar your favorite guitar that you've played this year um it can be one that you own but it doesn't necessarily have to be and if it's like a new model that would be cool too. okay phil is passing i'm gonna say the equits okay and I know I've talked about Very this cool. a little bit, but I, I'm hesitant to start posting pictures, but uh, Kevin has started. I don't know why, just because I don't want to, <clears throat> you know, I don't want people it. to like nitpick them or something like that. But um, <laughs> but he's started, like he cut the body and he uh, glued cool. the the head, like the scarf joint for the headstock and stuff like that. So he's, he's making progress on it. I'm really excited for that guitar. Very cool. I enjoyed the Equits too. Um, I figured you would say that, so I chose something else. Yeah. And I chose the um, the Sterling by Ernie Ball, St. Vincent. Um, I thought it was really cool. felt really good. sounded really cool. Um, I think they look incredible. They do look awesome. I haven't played <clears throat> the Ernie Ball one, but even the Sterling one for, like, what, five ninety nine is, like, a really nice guitar. Yeah, totally. And I played other Sterlings before too. Like I played their the Cutlass or um, the Music Man ones, and they did not feel good. So I don't know. Something about this one was was better. Maybe they're just kind of all hit and miss. But yeah. Anyway, the one I played was really good. So the next the next category you had was guitar not played that you're very intrigued by, and mine is mm. the Saint Vincent guitar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. I have an answer. For I was thinking. I was thinking back, and I, <laughs> I, I thought at some point that I had played it, but I don't think I have. So I, uh, 
I, I've seen people say that it's like it feels too small or things like that, but I'm hmm. I need to go play one one of these times because it's definitely the most interesting guitar that's come out recently. You know. Yeah, I played it sitting down, and I felt like sitting down. It it felt really good. Yeah. Um I wonder what it feels like on a strap. Which a lot of but... guitars don't. Yeah, like Italia is almost like too big sitting down. It's just so yeah. blocky. I feel like the Ernie Ball does get in the way the same way. I like Telly's sitting down. I don't like Strats as much sitting down for whatever mm. reason. I th- part of that, like, part of what goes into that is how enormous your belly is, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm pretty far on one end of that spectrum. <laughs> so what's your answer for this one, Phil? Andy's Equits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The It's the Ashford Semi-Hollow. Like, yeah. not... Not any Ashford, like that specific one. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks really good. Someone was asking him about the color on that, and he was saying that it's basically like kind of like his own version of an aged Sonic Blue that he came up with, with yeah. some gray and it looks blue and really yellow. good. It, yeah. It's and really it, nice. Yeah. The, the color is super interesting because depending on what it's up against, it it looks a little bit different. Looks, totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes That's it looks more the... gray, and sometimes it looks like almost on the green side. That's how yeah. the the pellet. That's how my pelletar is too. It's like a mix between surf green and sonic blue. So depending on what it's next to, it sort of changes what it looks like. But the only, I I'm part of the reason I love Andy's guitar is because and. Kevin mentions this sometimes when he posts about it, but because Andy just told him, build me a guitar that I would want. And it didn't, didn't really specify. But I always feel a tiny bit guilty when Kevin's like, it was such an amazing experience. He was such a good customer because he basically just (laughs) let me build the guitar that I thought was best, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was very specific about some, (laughs) although there are quite a few aspects of my guitar where I was like, no, you make the right judgment call. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was, uh, micromanaging certain aspects of the guitar. So I kind of feel a little bit guilty when he mentions that, but anyways, uh, mine is probably, so mine, I'm going to go super mainstream and say the Fender Ed O'Brien Strat is mine. Um, I think it looks really cool and it has a lot of, interesting features on it the sustainer pickup it has in the neck seems cool um and i kind of always have a thing for white strats anyway so yeah i have for me it seems like the the perfect strat for me like a white strat with a maple neck but then it's like Mm -hmm. so in some ways it's a very classic look but then it has like some weird nonsense in it too yeah it has a bunch of extra stuff thrown into it yeah i think it has the pickup and the bridge is like a JB Jr. or a little 59 or something like that. Uh-huh. Like it's a single coil size humbucker. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it a is. cool strap for sure. And then it has a the sustainer on it. It has another knob. Oh, what does that one do? Oh yeah, it has Oh, some... so you can I think you can like split the the humbucker. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Like I I like modding guitars and stuff like that, but I I wish that they'd do more of that from the factory. Like it's, it's, fun yeah, it's a really cool, like it's, and it's, it makes sense. Like it's an artist model that actually 
has features on it. It's not just totally. like they chose the color or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is what he wants and this is actually what he does. Yeah. Because it's always a little bit of a I bummer think... too, like when somebody has an artist model and then like you'll watch their rig rundown or something and they're like, yeah, so I had this one, but then I switched the pickups out and I added this weird switch and I did, you know, this and that. And it's like, well, yeah. make that your artist model then. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And that's totally out of left Change field for everything. me. I wouldn't have guessed that you would pick that one. Yeah. So that's cool. I know. Put some thought into this. Um, what about like any amps that have been interesting to you this year? So for me, uh, it's the bass breaker. Okay. And I was pretty cynical about these partially because one of the first videos I watched was, uh, the Chapman video and he goes on about like, this is the best amp that Fender's ever made. And it's like, first of all, cool your jets, pal. <laughs> like they made the best amps in history. They're still the best amps. Like, but I mean, for his style of music, that's kind of what he was saying. But, um, mm. I, I recently, you know, sold all my amps, but one, and then I've been picking up heads and cabs just cause I wanted to change. Um, but I picked up the bass breaker and then an Egnator tweaker at about the same time. And they're both very like versatile amps, I guess, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. But part of why the part of why I like the bass breaker so much, I think, is because I hate the tweaker so much. Mm. Like it <laughs> just sounds like garbage with pedals, and it sounds like you both had a similar experience with the Egnators that you've done, that yeah. you've owned. Yeah, I did not care for my Rebel. Yeah, we <laughs> that's been well documented on this podcast. Yeah. I think that it's been how Aaron felt about his amp, but. It, it, yeah, it's just like it just craps out completely with pedals. But the bass breaker, all three, it has like three just gain settings. They're kind of like different channels, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it so far. It's it's really versatile. Um, doesn't have a ton of clean headroom, but it's a it's a cool amp for sure. I got a new amp too. I got the Classic Thirty. And I'll talk about that more later. But um, one of the, a new amp that came out that I'm really interested in is the Benson. Oh gosh, I forgot what it's called. Oh, the crap. The Benson amps. He has a new one that's based on like the is top. It, is the Chimera new? No, the Chimera is 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 the 30 watt that he's had. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, sorry. This is bad oh the Earhart. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So the Earhart is based on the top boost circuit of an AC30, I think. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. So I've been intrigued by his amps for a while. So the Monarch is a little bit more of like an American style thing, I think, like a Fender type. Uh-huh. Um, and then this one is is not. Um, this one is more of like a, like I said, a top boost. So it's more like a Vox style one. Um. So I'm I'm into that one. I actually would like to try all of them. So those those are like the amps that are on my radar right now is the the Benson stuff. Um, and I know Andy recently got a Vinny, and I think he has the Monarch too. Um, yeah. So they're all just really cool. So I'm super stoked on those. I want the Vinny. I want the Monarch reverb combo. I want the Earhart. I want them all. I, and they look I great. Wanna, I don't want to get sidetracked too much. Yeah, they look amazing they're not like over the top visuals but they i just really like the way they look um yeah i was i was planning 
so I had liquidated a bunch of gear and so I ended up with a decent uh, a decent amount of money and I was planning uh, on getting a Benson and I still might but in the meantime I just bought a basement 50 a couple days ago and it's a 1974 mm-hmm. uh, and I live streamed it last night and it's awesome so that was that was my honorable mention in this category nice I <clears throat> isn't that what you said no, I said the base breaker. Didn't you s- oh, the base breaker. Okay. I'm. I was picturing. Oh, you the were probably expect. Yeah, you were like expecting me to say basement, so that's what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, the base breaker fifty. The new ones that. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah the, those the, are cool amps. I like. I it. played one. In Although the shop it is the humongous for a fifteen watt head. Like the tweaker is. Oh, yeah. Literally half the size. Of well, it. you're so used to like all these micro heads now that like a normal size guitar head seems enormous. Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. And it like it fits just fine on a cab and everything, but it just feels big yeah. just because it's normal sized. Okay. Um, the I'm I don't know. I ha- I haven't watched your your live stream yet, but I'm interested to hear you say you talk about the um um. Isn't it like classically base basements are like like headroom for days, right? Isn't that uh, what? Yes. And and you kind said of. Well, let's talk point. about let's talk about that more in the next episode. We'll okay. talk about we'll dig into the basement. Let's get through our list because, uh, yeah. Um, new guitar we'll skip because we kind of covered that already. Yeah. I realize that's like a double. What about like your favorite accessory this year? Guitar accessory. I honestly couldn't think of one unless um, I really like it. it, I know it's seems like kind of a gimmick, but the silent Jack on that, uh, on that sinusoid cable that I got. Oh yeah. Or the silent giving cable, the silent connector. um, It's really nice for when you're plugging and unplugging pedals and trying things out and you can just unplug it and the amp mutes itself. So yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to say, I know strings aren't really an accessory; they're more like a part. But I'm gonna say the the GTS strings, the Gabriel Torino strings, yeah, have been one of my favorite upgrades this year. Um, also, I've been using these V picks, the V pick Euro. That's probably one of my favorite oh, yeah. accessories of the year. And and I'm super intrigued about this block that I found on Amazon. Um, it's like a it's like a stand for when you're working on things, you know. Um, oh, yeah. So like a neck cradle, and it is called the. I should have wrote this. Written. Should have written. Should have written this down. Um. It's called the something. Oh, forget it. Doesn't matter what it's <laughs> called. But it's like this. It's like this block, right? So instead of just being a single cradle, it's a it's a block that has um, multiple sides, so you can have like a higher one. A shorter one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's called the cradle cube, which makes sense. Um, so it has like eight different sides, and some of them are flat, and some are cradled, and some of them are taller than others. So you can use it the same thing for like acoustic guitar, or your electric, um, if you're working on the back of your guitar or whatever. Because um, that's one of the things that I've been wanting for a long time. Because it's just such a pain when you're trying to deal with things, especially like anything Gibson with the tilted headstock. You just can't do it on a flat table. Yeah. Without putting pressure on that's, the headstock. Yeah. That- Makes sense. Um, and it's only 20 bucks on Amazon, so that's one thing that I'm super into. Huh. I'm going to buy one soon, and I'll probably do a video of it. Nice. For, I mean, like a live stream or something. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. 
Oh, you know uh, what? New album, any music that you're listening to? No, go ahead. I have one for accessories. Wooden picks. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, my okay. other favorite accessory is just any, anything from Tommy Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, like a beer koozie. <laughs> All right, here's the big one. What is your s- single favorite gear purchase from this year? I was thinking back. I'm pretty sure. No, I didn't buy it this year. The little stinker was last year. So I know this is very new. Uh, this is a recency bias for sure, but probably the basement so far. The basement. Other than or the MS. Do you ever slap it? Do you ever slap the basement? Yeah, <laughs> I slapped the base man. <laughs> um, or the like. Realistically speaking, it's the MS3 because I've gotten a ton of use out of that. I've used it like crazy since the day I got it, and I really like it. So that's all I need. To say I love that, that you like you like fake talk about the MS3 so much that you don't want to actually talk about I it. Know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like gun shy about it now. <laughs> it's like legitimately. No, I really do like one it. of my favorite things, though. Oh man. Anyways, yeah, it's a good pedal. Uh, mine would absolutely be the classic thirty. It like revolutionized my entire life. Totally. Like you were um, so. It's so depressed. good to have an amp that I like. I was like, like I never wanted to play guitar. You were gear depressed because I just hated my amp, and now I I play it every day. But like Phil said with the Eggnator, I would play it, and I would get it sounding good, and then I would. Go with the same settings and it would not sound good the next day. Yeah, like you didn't touch and anything. It, it's All like you did over was and turn over it off again. And turn yeah, it back on, and somehow it sounds completely different. Uh. Yeah, it was crazy. And I think maybe what it was is like it didn't actually sound good. It's just that you found a sound that's better than every other sound you had that day. And then when you give yourself some space and you come back, you're like, oh, maybe it's not actually that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, Phil, Phil, did you say yours favorite gear purchase? I don't know if I've purchased anything this year. <laughs> have I? I don't think I have. Yeah, you just get stuff given to you. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> don't you have a spreadsheet, <laughs> Phil? Can't you just check your spreadsheet to see what you purchased this year? No, I stopped doing a spreadsheet when I got... Um, a job? Yeah. <laughs> when I got a real job. Um, I wait. Was the fifty fifty this year? Yeah. Yes. Oh, then the, then that. Okay. So okay. let's let's go through. I don't know if you have it in front of you, Phil, but um, we posted this to all the patrons, and I just wanted to read kind of some highlights of each person. Is that what you were thinking, Aaron? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Jim Bowers, he. I he's he won the Vinny on the giveaway, right? Yeah. He did. So that was what <laughs> he says. Two of our guys. Work. So him he won the Vinny, and then Tim Bapplant won the the Otis amps. Yeah, totally. And I won like I won the Canalia, which was one of the bigger prizes. And I won nothing. <laughs> There's <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You are so stupid. Um, that is true. And then he also mentioned, yeah, so that was fun to have like gear, gear slum guys. Not that they're like officially associated with us, but they're guys that we know in the group and you know, that whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and well, I guess Jim is cause he's an official patron. Well, so is Tim. He also, yeah, Jim exactly. Tim. Jim and Tim, the M's. That was my point. Um, 
and then he mentioned his single favorite purchase is that one of his was the ARP eighty seven, Phil. So I thought those that are was fake numbers, dude. Yeah, I don't understand those. He he must have I don't know how he even typed them into his phone. It's like <laughs> it looks like wing wingdings or something. So Jason Fuzzmonger said that his favorite pedal he played this year was a Killer Otter Aerostat, which I haven't I actually played, but I'm... I've been kind of interested in. I'm, but I think Matt might be discontinuing it. I don't know. I was just gonna, I was just gonna message Matt like to buy one actually and maybe put it into the bracket. I need to shoot mm. these videos eventually, but I'm just gonna keep putting it off. <laughs> just keep planning it. This is what it's like to have ADD. In case anyone's wondering. <laughs> um. So the Aerostat is a overdrive. Yeah, it's like a. F- um, and then he said his favorite gear purchase this year was the Caroline Meteor, which does seem like a really cool reverb. Well, it also and it also does time. like it crazy stuff too, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Or am I thinking um, of a different Caroline? Yeah, though? it has like it has the like an oscillation switch on it too. Okay. And it's like a distorted reverb, so it has a distortion that you can put on the wet signal. I think. So um, Scott mentioned that Scott Hamilton mentioned that his favorite gear purchase is a '69 Super Reverb, which is freaking awesome. And I'm jealous That's of that. Cool. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> And he said his favorite accessory is the hold a burrito. Isn't that was that a JHS oh, nice. thing? <laughs> no, it was uh QSAC. Oh, that's right. It was QSAC. <laughs> oh man. Hold a burrito. QSAC and some I don't know, some podcast. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Just kidding. It was sixty cycle hum. <laughs> They're our buddies, so we like them. Enemies of the show. Oh, and he said his favorite new um, amp was the bass the breaker show. too. So he. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. No, you go. Who you who you got next? Oh, um, Tyson, Tyson Carey, Brennicombe, says his favorite gear purchase was his Fender Reverb unit, which yeah. is a pretty cool purchase, and that his favorite guitar played is the Baja Telly, which I have played one and I did really like that guitar. Yeah, I love. Baja my tellies. guitar is basically a Baja Tele anyway. Yeah. Like my Tele is set up this it just doesn't have the same like it doesn't have the the phase switch, but that's yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, I don't that's want silliness. that anyway. The Baja Tele, especially the the 50s one has like a super chunky neck too, which I like. Mm. Um I like a chunky neck. You know, I like it I like it chunky, raw and chunky. Um mm-hmm. Brett Alexander mentions his favorite gear purchase was his Titan. There's been quite a few people buying Titans, and uh, it seems like yeah. everyone has been very happy with them. Yeah, it does. And maybe people I'm, don't the talk ones about that it I've as much have been if they really aren't. Cool. But, That's true. But it seems like people are really enjoying those. Uh, and then he mentioned uh, he wants a Vibralux, which I've also been very intrigued by. The Fender Vibralux. That's amp. an amplifier. Yeah. Okay. Vibralux amp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, the ones that I've um, seen are like two ten. Uh, they're they're similar to yeah. At any rate, they they look cool. Yeah. Luke Luke Mundy also mentioned his KR one Titan. Um. He said he bought that and a Cower Arcturus Supreme. So he's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing okay for himself. I'm just kidding. He's using all that Kmart money. The Cower DRS rack. Have you guys seen Cower's rack yeah, that he makes? They, yeah. They're pretty sweet. They're like super nice. 
Yeah. Um, like they're like a piece of furniture. Um, it it reminds then, me like aste- like not that it looks like a a salvage board, but it's kind mm. of the same idea that like oh uh-huh. we'll make something that you need, but we'll we'll make it look super nice and do a good job of it. Yeah, and then you'll take just for really it, nice know? attention to detail, woodwork and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very pretty. Um, also, the Infinite Jets is getting a lot of love What's from that? different people. Tyson Infinite Jets. I'm not exactly sure. I know it's like a pedal, but I think it has some kind of it's like some kind of synth thing going on. Um, the Infinite Jets. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Maybe we should look into that at some point. So, God, but I think Michael Newman said the Infinite Jets. Tim and Luke said Infinite Jets. Um, everyone says Infinite Jets. Hologram effects, Infinite Jets resynthesizer. So whatever that means. <laughs> Man, I've uh, Gabrielle mentions a CE one that he played a CE one. Okay, I've been one of the guys nice. that I bought something from. The like I went and looked at other listings from this user or whatever, and he was selling a CE one. It was like four hundred bucks or something. So it wasn't like uh, a price that I wanted to pay, but I've always wanted to play one of those. Yeah, that's a lot for a chorus pedal. Yeah, and then he said the thing he wants is anything <laughs> Roni, which apparently Roni's going to start making guitars again, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it seems like it, right? Was he posting on Instagram? Yeah, he's got a new... But he's kind of back in his, to own, go find his, on his own thing. The name of his shop, but that's yeah, it cool. looks like he's going to start building again. Very nice. You could get a third Roni. <laughs> Ooh. Um... Michael Newman says this favorite pedal that he wants but hasn't played is the Bondi FX Breakers, which is an overdrive. Um, that his favorite guitar that he has not played is his MJT Lake Placid Blue Jazzmaster that he had built and it should be coming to him soon, I believe. Yeah, he'll send me. Um, that he'll thing actually looks really cool. It looks freaking It's Lake sweet. Placid Blue, but it's like super dark. Yeah, it, it's like a way cool. It looks rad. It's a really good blue. Yeah, it's a great color. Because I don't love Lake Placid Blue a lot of times, but it looks way good. Yeah, no, it looks really good. Uh, It looks really good. Leon talks about his Equits, which I'm also very jealous of. Um, Yeah, I played his. The Fuzz. And it was cool. Is his the white one? Yeah, the white one. It looks looks ridiculous. It looks freaking amazing. Like, every little detail of it looks perfect as far as, like, everything going together and matching. Mm. So, and he also, he has an ES8. He's also a big... His board is like, uh, you know, some oh, yeah. His know, board spaceship huge. control room or something like that. But him, he and Blake and Justin, like they have a band together and they have just so many pedals like together. Yeah. It's crazy. Like hundreds of pedals together. Yeah. Yeah. Probably each. <coughs> and then when they get it all together, it's just insane. Okay. What? Uh, who else? Um, N- Nick View said his favorite pedal is a Dan Electro Billionaire Boost. Which he's been trying to like sell me on, and I'm not super into it, but whatever. <laughs> so, so scooter, so new, the new Dan Electro pedals, you know, yeah, the plastic boxes. He said it sounds really good. He put it up against his Timmy, I guess, and he said it does a lot of the same things. That's cool. And it's like thirty bucks or something. A scooter mentioned his favorite gear purchase of the year was a PV Classic Thirty as well. So that's uh, that's kind oh, of oh nice. Cool. That uh, is a good one. What else do we have here? Um, Matt Walt said his favorite pedal that he has not played is the Walrus Julia. 
and that his favorite guitar not played is also the Ernie Ball St. Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Favorite accessories are the GTS code Jazz Master Strings, which are really good, I gotta say again. Uh, Probably my favorite accessory would also be sinusoid cables. You have to say that though. You're just that I know, I do, that. but I like I have ha- I had them before they were our sponsor. And I really yeah. like their cables. They're yeah, like really they're good. They're way cables. good. And they have tons of options. So Kevin if you need cables. Kevin Equits, uh I don't know who he is, but he mentioned his favorite pedals owned are the Pelican Noiseworks Pelotar, Half Horse, and Fifty Fifty, and then he says still own and won't ever sell. So that's cool. Nice. Um, and <laughs> the favorite guitar he's played is Coe's Oceana, which is uh, amazing. I played it as well. I've uh, I've done cool things too, guys. Like you guys back. aren't the only ones who have been to cool places and played other people's guitars. All right. That's true. Paul Pennington says his favorite pedal played was the Gigantium Drive Spruce Effects. Oh, wait. Spruce Effects Gigantium Drive. Yeah. He typed that backwards, so I read it backwards. Uh, his favorite, his new amp is a Blues Junior with a Cannabis Rex speaker, which a lot of people like that upgrade for that amp for some reason. That's my yeah. exact setup. Um, yeah. Like that specific speaker is really popular in that amp. Totally. You said yeah, it, it was like a night and day difference, right, Phil? Slivers. Phil, you um, said it was like a night and day difference. Or like it was a bit good upgrade. Well, I'm. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Now I'm kind of bummed, because remember I was having problems with the amp. Oh, that's right. And I upgraded the speaker. So you didn't get to like compare it. So I don't know. Apples. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll just assume that it made a huge. You need difference. to go pull out your credit card, go buy a stock one, put and it in, do a side by side comparison. Shoot a video of it, Phil. It's easy. I've done it tons of times. And I've. <laughs> Just go check one out from your local publicly. guitar center mm-hmm. and then return take, it before the due date. Take my Tim. guitar center <laughs> library card. Tim Tim yep. Baplin. He mentioned the Caroline Kilobyte. That's the one I was thinking of that's crazy. Right? That's the Yeah, that's the delay. But it also has So like the Meteor weird and the nonsense. Kilobyte are kinda like I think of them as like brother pedals. So they do the same similar things. Oh, so they have like MIDI one's control delay and one's reverb. Like the brothers' pedals, <laughs> um, hilarious. And then he mentioned hilarious. his favorite guitar played is the Titan KR one, and his favorite guitar not played is the Titan KR two. <laughs> Which, yeah, I saw that he had mocked that up, Doug. Yeah, like yeah, KR2. like it, it. It's cool, but it's still like super early in the process. I, he's still like working on the yeah, body yeah. shape and stuff. But yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> and his so, favorite amp, he said, is the Otis amp that I won in the boutique builders raffle. Haven't received it yet, but should be soon. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Not great. <laughs> Another vote for sinusoid slivers from Tim. Yeah, they're 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 great. I love those patch cables. Tim also said his new fa- his favorite album this year was Lord's Melodrama, and I would probably close to agree with that. That's a really good album. I really liked, and this was my first. Like, I like every song on there. I've since gone back and and I really enjoy a lot of their other albums too. But I had never really gotten into Manchester Orchestra, but their new album this year was amazing. And I still listen oh, nice. to it a ton. I know a lot of people like them. I don't think yeah, I've ever yeah. really listened to them. So, anyways. Like, I've heard songs here and there, but I never listened to a full album. So, guys, it was a great year. And I do um, want to say, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, just Joe Pekarski is the last one we haven't mentioned. So, we oh, should probably we? mention him, too. <laughs> Crap, I thought uh, <laughs> For those that don't know, we were, like, working from either side of the list and meeting in the middle. And <laughs> Joe's in the middle. Um, so, <laughs> Joe said his favorite gear purchase was the mako traditional ts3 guitar that he's getting a new neck for yeah yeah that's like an old one of those old japanese guys yeah nice and and shout out to him he was my inspiration for buying uh 
that huge basement, and then I also got this oh, yeah. crazy that cab giant for it. 212 yeah, cab. I'll talk about that more on the next you're episode. You're meaning in my <laughs> life. Massive. You're the inspiration. <laughs> well, guys, before we go, we just wanted to say thank you so much for, for listening this year, and thanks for being a part of the Gear Slum and all that we do. Um, we wouldn't have done it without you. And we like, and we could have. I like to joke around sometimes, have. but like genuinely, the fact that we've had uh, donors that that enjoy the show enough to want to donate um, uh, to all the patrons we have now and all the street crew members we had even before we had the Patreon. Um, thank you guys. It's been a lot of fun this year, and hopefully, it'll be it'll keep going next year. Yes, we literally just, couldn't do just it without hole you. In here, but well, we could. I think we'll have a good year. <laughs> it just we wouldn't could, be as rewarding. <laughs> we could do it without you, but it would. But yeah, it wouldn't be we as wouldn't. fun. We'd prob- we, we, wouldn't we probably do wouldn't. Without you. We it would be hard to justify. We probably wouldn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if we had no listeners, it would be hard to justify continuing for what? It's been like a year and a half now. Yeah. This is episode 80. Yeah. It would dude. be hard to Which say to our wives. We're up on 100 pretty soon. Listen. Long to go. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to people in my room for three hours. I'm going to go talk to me. two of my internet friends. And also, no don't, use the in- don't use the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please. All right. Hey, thanks for friendship. All right. Thanks for friendship. Thanks for friendship. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm.